The Ringer Gambling Show is here to help you place your bets on the biggest sports around the world. Join NFL analyst Warren Sharp on Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays with guests Chris Vernon, Ben Solak, and Joe House to guide you through the NFL betting landscape. Each week, they'll cover everything from spreads, game totals, and parlays to player props, futures, post-game reactions, and more. Check out The Ringer Gambling Show on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. It's the Ringer NBA show presented by FanDuel. The road to the NBA Finals starts now, and FanDuel is the best place to get in on the action. Right now, you can check out the new and improved Quick Bets, which are back and better than ever for the NBA playoffs on FanDuel. Find out what you're looking for faster and easier with more props right at your fingertips. You can check out live bets like three-minute markets and exclusive live bets like quarter player props, player assist combos, and more. So download the app today and bet with FanDuel, official partner of the NBA. The Ringer is committed to responsible gaming. Please visit rg-help.com to learn more about the resources and helplines available. And listen to the end of the episode for additional details. Must be 21 years and older, 18 and older in D.C., and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit rg-help.com. This episode is supported by State Farm. Man, I remember when I first got into a car accident, it was pure frustration because I did not have State Farm. And now that I do have State Farm, it is an exclamation of pure joy. But the only words that you need to remember are, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. State Farm has options to fit your unique insurance needs, meaning you can talk to your agent to choose the coverage you need, have coverage options to protect the things you value most, file a claim right on the State Farm mobile app, and even reach a real person when you need to talk to someone. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Learn more at statefarm.com. Real one, Slogan Murdoch here, Roger Bell there. Roger, before we get to anything, I have an early Real One of the Week candidate. I don't know if you're watching Billions right now. You're coaching basketball. I'm behind. Don't, no spoiler alerts, please. I'm a little behind right now. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm just, nope. You, you, nope. No, all I'm saying nope. is, all no, I'm saying. No, no. This is vetoed. No. This is partly your pod, <laughs> no. partly my pod. And right now, <laughs> my part of the pod is saying no. So now I can't just talk. I just can't stand Chuck Rhodes just once. Just say he's real one of the week. That's all I can't. That he's an early can, real one of the week you, candidate. You can go That's that all far. I'm going to do. Go That's that all far I'm there. going to do. I don't know if you're a Chuck Rhodes. St- are you a Chuck Rhodes guy or are you, a, uh, are you an Axelrod guy? Like, what, vastly, what are you? I go back and forth. I can appreciate okay. all characters in that in that show. They're, real talk. All characters in that show, I can find some level of appreciation for. Okay. That's all. I just wanted to say that you know I watched last night's episode and that Chuck Rhodes is an early Rowan of the Week candidate. I don't know. Rowan's don't. Don't pull me on that. Don't do that. I'm just saying Chuck Rhodes is out here and he's not fucking around. Let's keep it in New York. I want to talk about the Brooklyn Nets. Let's just keep it in the, in the, in the, in the, in the, um, in the Atlantic Northeast with the Brooklyn Nets and the, uh, and the, and the Philadelphia 76ers. Um, James Harden, depending on who you ask, Wants to go to Philly. And I, I would like to say this. I know this is getting a lot of steam right now. Um, there have been rumors that James Harden has been wanting to go to to the Sixers since like November. Since uh, for, for, for a few months now. Um, either by, uh, you know, what I've been, you know, what I, I remember when I heard it for the first time in the fall where they're like, hey, you know, um, you know, you need to keep an eye out on James Harden. I'm like, why would James Harden leave? And they were like, "Well, he doesn't want to be in. He doesn't want to be in Brooklyn." Um, and then it's like, "Well, where would he go? Philly." But 
you know, their cap situation. No, he can go for a, a, even just pl- get a sign trade, all the stuff. And now it's kind of reaching a fever pitch because we're in a midst of a trade deadline. Some people are saying that the Sixers are open to this. Some are saying that uh, your boy Steve Nash, friend of the show or acquaintance of the show, said that um, James Harden is not getting traded. But I, I don't know, man. I, I, I'm trying to cipher through all these things, man. And I don't think I have a hot take, Raj, and I want to get your opinion. Okay. I don't think at this stage right now, w- w- with what James Harden has showed me over the last couple of years, I just I I know the talent is there. I know he's an MVP candidate, but I just don't know if he's worth if this is the guy that's worth all the trouble right now, considering what he's what we've seen from him the last couple of years. We talk about the ice the ice ball and he in Houston or in Atlanta the, the, a couple years ago during the pandemic, just just trying to get his way out of Houston. And then now, I, I just don't I don't know. I, I, am I wrong on this? Where is James Harden? Are you wanting to tr- just empty the whole treasure chest for James Harden at this very moment? No, that's not. No. I mean, we can talk about skill level and the, the point of his career that he's in. Um, and I can't remember a star in the peak of their powers, like the height of their of their uh, uh, of their prime kind of falling off for a few years and then and then having a bounce back as they got older. Like, that rarely happens. We could talk about all of that. But I think the more important issue when it comes to James Harden is, is whether or not, like, he is going to be the type of influence, personality, and culture driver that organizations need him to be. Yeah. Like, whether he's fully invested the way he needs to be, right? I'm not even... This is in locker room, um, behind closed doors, what you're getting out of him in terms of a role model for the for the younger players in your organization, what that does to the spirit of your franchise, man. Like I talked to a college coach last night and he was talking to me about his team and where they're at and they had brought in all these players via the portal. And what they found out was a lot of these players didn't fit the culture. And basically he was saying, we need better people. We need better, you know, influences. We need people that police each other we can't be doing that as coaches. We, I, I recently had an issue with it on my high school team. And so that's what I worry about now with James Harden. Um, and I think it's fair. So I think your your reservations about trading the whole, you know, unloading the cupboards for James Harden at this point, not just from a skill standpoint, from but from a from a professional standpoint, um, you've had you've got to be concerned. You know, because when I think about James Harden, I, I think about a guy that's really good, really, really phenomenally good. I've seen him play in the postseason in Houston and, and seen him throughout the years. Um, but it's funny because let's look, let's go back and let's look at his trajectory in um, in Brooklyn. He gets there after forcing his way there. We made we made the jokes about <laughs> what he what he what he was trying to do, what he wasn't trying to do. How we basically quit on the Houston Rockets throughout in that last the his first few weeks of that season. It was a 2021 season. He basically he was throwing passes at dudes, ankles. <laughs> like DeMarcus, Hus- DeMarcus Cousins was like, yo, what the fuck? What are you doing? Right. And then, you know, he forces his way to Brooklyn and then uh, also came, went to Houston out of shape and then came by, by extension going to Brooklyn out of shape. And then, you know, he gets his stuff together. He's widely lauded as like the, Adult in the room, which is you know, it's it's that's interesting when you have a locker room with Kevin and, and Kyrie. He's he's the one that's the steadying force. Then he gets hurt. Then 
Kyrie does what he does, and then he's just like, well, I'm just, you know, I'm just gonna, you know, I have a, I have a hand injury. I have a, I remember I was, we were in San Francisco, and uh, Steve Dash is like, yeah, he has a strained hand, and we're like, okay, oh, okay, and then we're kind of starting to see that now. He's, it, I, I can't say for sure that he's quitting on his team, but we're getting this stretch where he's just playing like shit right before he can get an opportunity for him to get moved. If he, okay, so let's say he does get traded to Philly, does that mean that? You know, Philly's he's just gonna, oh, I'm just gonna get my stuff together. How long is that gonna last? How long is that going to do? Like, how do you if let's look at this from the Philly perspective? How do you feel how would you feel taking on a James Harden if you do trade for him? First of all, it would depend on what I would have to give up. I mean, if you're giving up Ben Simmons and something that doesn't break your back with Ben Simmons to get James Harden. I mean, you're not getting anything out of Ben Simmons, and that relationship is a shit show anyway. So Yeah, we'll get to that in a second. Yeah, but I make the argument, though, that in that case scenario, let's roll the dice. Let's see what it looks like. You know what I mean? Yeah. James Harden, I, I still believe, is is a really good player, although his numbers, you know, he's shooting up. Last time he shot this poorly was his rookie year. Um it just doesn't look the same, right? But I still think he's a good enough player. Like he's super talented with the ball. I just what you're what what you're describing and what you're worrying about. When someone can when you know, I tell my kids this about the, some of the children that wind up on like nine different um travel teams around here and and yeah. can't stay in a high school and they're at seven different high schools and when you ask them why, they've always got well you know, I was there and and this happened and then you're like, okay, well, what happened the next stop? Well, same kind of thing happened at the next stop and then I got sideways with it. Well, what happened at the third stop? Well, you know, my dad didn't like, that shit ain't everywhere else, bro. That shit is you. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? When you, when that same problem or you have beefs everywhere you go and the narrative is the same no matter where you've been and you got to keep it moving, it's on you. And so that's the question, like when you're Philly, if you're asking me, like I would be worried about James Harden to the point I made earlier, being 100% invested in trying to be the best version of himself and the best thing for our team in whatever capacity we ask him to be as a basketball player. And his track record is now starting to suggest, like, and I'm, I like James Harden. I've got no beef, but I'm just going off of what I'm watching. Like that track record is starting to suggest if he gets sideways or he gets a little disgruntled that... At minimum, he he doesn't really conduct himself hella professionally. Is that fair? That's pr- that's pretty fair. I mean, I, I feel like this, the track record speaks for itself. I mean, even when the, I think the biggest thing that we saw was that when he went to Atlanta with little baby, when he was in the middle of like a when he de- a middle of a trade demand, right? Like, what does he do? He's not he's not working out. He's not with his team. He's not doing these things. And there's other ways to do it. We've seen this. We've seen so many trade demands that have gone, you know, public and all these things. But when you go out and you kind of just like, just basically throw the middle finger at your team <laughs> when you're out out and about while they're in training camp, and then you come in when you're demanding to trade, just throw balls at like people's ankles and and just and this is and this is Houston. Like I don't know if you've been to Houston during during the James Harden run, but like that's his city, man. That that's that's that that fan base loves him, and then right. when you do that, it's kind of whack. It's pretty whack. My question though to you is, how do you when all this leaking goes about right? And there's also you know there's a Kyrie element to it. We've already talked about that. You can look in the in the, the previous pods. But say if all these rumors go to a come to a head, and then the trade deadline comes back, and he's still in Brooklyn, how do you salvage this as a team? What do you do? 
No, 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 no. You don't. You don't wait that long. You don't. If you you're broken, you don't. No, you don't roll the dice on that though. This, these conversations, there need to be Steve Nash, Sean Marks, Kyrie Irving, James Harden, and Kevin Durant in a room today, tomorrow. Should have been yesterday. It should have been yesterday. Yes, correct. And we are we are talking through this and hashing this out, right? Because as terrible as this sounds and as bad as I feel about saying it. If they fuck this up down the stretch, heads are going to roll in Brooklyn. Somebody's head is going to roll. Trust that. And so I'm not leaving that up to chance. I'm not leaving. I'm not leaving a a character like James Harden in this weird. um, Maybe we're trading you. Maybe you're not. uh, Subliminal messages have led us to believe you want to get out of here and you're not giving us everything you got. And then we're not going to trade you. But all of this is looming over us. And now we expect you to be the best version of yourself. Hell no. No, 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 no. Like you gotta you have to make sure that everyone is on the same page right now. Let's bear our souls. I've told you about a conversation I've had before in a room with a head coach and a general manager. Two of us were telling the truth, one of us was lying. Somebody paid the price for that at the end of the day. It was me. Like those are not helpful conversations. Let's be, let's just bear our soul. Let's be brutally honest about where we're at. If it's not working. Now we can pivot and try to figure something out. But if we're in here lying to each other and all of that, we, that's not the conversation we need to have. We need to have the real, the big boy convo. Hey, dog, this shit ain't working. I ain't happy. I don't like the way you're fucking handling that. I thought it was going to be something different. If that's the case, I don't know. Or like, listen, dog, like I'm straight. This shit has just been a mess, man. A lot of unforeseen circumstances. Like we caught some nasty injuries. Like I'm straight. We're going to be cool down the stretch. I'm in. Like, and then we're good on that front. But that's what has to happen. I'm not rolling the dice in this gray area if I'm Sean Marks or Steve Nash because heads will roll. Yeah. And it's just also, we feel, we'll feel for Steve Nash in this, in this scenario. But if this shit keeps going, and if I was a general manager, and you know, I'm not a general manager, I'm not even close to being up in that room. But if I was doing that, man, if if this is what is going to ha- what is happening, I trade Kyrie and James Harden and just like build around Kevin. You can get you can get if you can get value for those two people, just trade them. Just why why would you keep them around? Clearly, they have both not worked out here. Who was the only the person that has worked out in this in this in this whole scenario? Who was the one that's played the best? Who was the one that put the team on his back without the BS, without all the stuff, without all the who's the one that's done that? Raja, it's facts. Who has been the least bit of headache since he's been there? Oh, it's facts. I mean, I mean, yes. And the best player on the team consistently. It's not even, it's not, it's not even, an, there's no argument to be made. I, I feel like that's, that's, because especially when we're at this thing where we're just being very, I just feel like this is like a very passive aggressive roster, right? We clearly know where the answers are. Either James buying for the rest of the year. This is this this is the utopian view. James buying for the rest of the year. We'll give you a sign and trade if you want it. If if, if that's still what you want in the off season, we'll give it to you. Right, just buy in right now, and we'll figure it out. Kyrie, go get vaccinated. Just go do it. I don't I don't care about all that stuff. Just go do it because we need you in this locker room to win a game, and then we'll figure all that out at, at in the off season. Culture culture is about people. We had Verno on the other day. Remember, we talked culture about the Memphis Grizzlies, and he said it's about the people, and he described the type of people that they go after. So he, that's why he wasn't concerned about the pieces they would bring in via trade if there was one, because he felt and had the utmost confidence um, that the Grizzlies vet those people properly. So whatever they bring in would fit the culture. 
It's the conversation I had last night with my friend who's a coach. It's a conversation I had with one of my buddies who coaches with me. Brooklyn Nets have a culture driver, in my opinion, in Steve Nash and, and Kevin Durant. But, and the best way for me to put this, the fair way for me to put this is their stars are difficult personalities. It doesn't make them bad dudes. It doesn't make them bad teammates. They're difficult at, at best personalities. And so you're going to have difficult problems. There's always going to be some shit. Those aren't laid back. Let's go to work hard hat. We're here to win a chip. Fuck the distractions type of people. None of them are for the most part. Not even KD. KD doesn't even roll like that. And I love KD, but uh, like he's got more to him than your average, you know, superstar, right? For sure. That's fine, but you can't have three of them. No. That's a mess. And so that's, it's what I said when, when at first, you know, when they, when they got all three of them, man, I could see a beautiful scenario of just like orchestra level, every instrument playing this beautiful music and it all coming together offense. But I could also see a train wreck of personalities where nobody's got no breaks. You know, everyone's trying to be in everybody else's lane and, and, you know, that would be an unfortunate mess. And that's where they are right now. Uh, just a mess, you know, and again, the mess doesn't start on the court, Logan. Yeah. The mess, the mess just trickles down to the court. I always tell you dysfunction starts at the top. I'm not blaming uh, Steve or Sean Marks or anything like that, but it starts outside of the court in the building with the shit that's going on. That's looming over everybody's head. And, you know, all the questions and the media now getting whipped into a frenzy because of it. And now we got it. Now we got a fucking O and eight skid. Whew. You summarize that beautifully. Now I'm not talking about games when I ask this question, but when you have three number one personalities, because they are number one personalities. Yeah. Let's not get it twisted. They all three of them are. Um, you can make the argument if they're number two or number one games. What are the pros and cons of having two or three number one personalities on one team? And how is that even sustainable? Because history suggests it's not. <laughs> when you go from the Kobe and Shaq, um, even when you go for the Warriors, even when you go just down the line, when you have two when you have two number one personalities, it's hard. When you put in three in that mix, it's damn near impossible to sustain long term. It's never worked. One of those personalities has to be, one of those personalities has to be mature enough to relinquish his number one personality for the better of the of the betterment of the team for the for the greater good, if you will. Mm -hmm. Miami had two people do it. Miami had Chris Bosh do it, and Dwayne Wade do it. Dwayne Wade was mature enough to come to LeBron after season one and say, hey, this has to be yours. This can't, this can't be like ours. It's got to be yours. And then, you know, we can go. And then they took off, right? Like there has to be a, a clear. And, and when I was with the Cavs, Kevin Love gave up a huge chunk of himself. Never been the same, in my opinion, like as far as being a pro, like, but sacrifice nonetheless for, 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 you know, he got paid, but still sacrifices were made in terms of the trajectory of his individual career to make that work. I, I'm, I don't know that Kyrie was, you know, Kyrie wasn't who he is right now because he was still relatively young, right? Coming off yeah. some injuries and stuff like that. And so he was figuring it out. But again, sacrifices had to be made. And so you, to the, the short answer to your question is that doesn't work. Three number ones does not work. It does not work. Someone has to give up that, that number one mentality um, for the, for the, for the, greater good 
This is all interesting. Um, I can't wait for the Thursday show because we'll get to the other side of this. Um, let's take a quick break, and I want to talk about the other side of these, these trade rumors in Philly. This episode is brought to you by Arby's. It's 3 p.m., and dinner is still hours to come. Maybe lunch didn't quite hit the spot. That's where the new two-for-five-dollar chicken wraps from Arby's come in. Available in ranch, barbecue, and honey mustard. They're perfect for the afternoon snack attack or as an add-on to your meal. Arby's two-for-five-dollar chicken wraps are here for a limited time at participating locations. Visit an Arby's near you or order ahead on the Arby's app. Ra, wanted to talk to you about the other side of the, these trade rumors uh, in Brooklyn and go to Philly. Let's take a trip to Philly. Let's get some cheesesteaks. You know, Let's, what's your favorite cheesesteak spot? Where, 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 put it, put it on there. Where, where you go when you go to when you touch down in Philly? Uh, my favorite cheesesteak spot is Ishka Bibbles on South Street. Mm, okay, okay. I mean, there are a lot. People get into you know, Pat's. All that, all of that. I'm not sh- throwing any shade. I think they've they've all got their own, they've all got their own little flair, and and it's all what you like. But I like Ishka Bibbles, man. I like the nostalgia on the walls. I like the pics. I like, I like being on South Street, and then I just like their sandwich the best. Okay, okay. You know who will not be getting any cheesesteaks anytime soon for the F? <laughs> <laughs> None other than Ben Simmons. Right How you now. know, bro? That man might be out there right now. Nah. <laughs> I don't think he is. I think you might get one of the homies to go like, hey, yo, give me a cheesesteak real quick. Hey, can you just go drop off and give so me So Ben Simmons isn't built to be like walking the streets of Philly despite what's going on right now? You had to be a wild boy to be doing what he's doing and walk those streets specifically. Well, if you read Ramona's piece, Ramona Shelburne's piece on ESPN, you will see that he is not leaving the house or the facility ever. Either he's going to one or the other. He's been... Um, yeah. I feel like you could do that like in Phoenix, though. Like in Phoenix or you know, other markets like Milwaukee or, and this is just me. Like you could, you could be doing what you're doing to the franchise and still be like walking the streets and be okay. Can not, you, you can't, do, not you can't Philly. do that in Philly. No. <laughs> What's Philly like when you no. demand a trade? I don't like when someone demands a trade or it, no, no. like that. I, I, I don't know. I know. I know what it's like walking the streets when you're not playing well. <laughs> and then, that's that's a whole. I mean, we're talking about two hide, different like, can levels. Can you hide and can you like what can you do when when you're fucking up in Philly? When they do not, when they deem that you're fucking up in Philly, what, what can yeah, you do? Not a not cool do? place to play when you're not. Not a cool place to play when you're underachieving, or you know, or just acting like a butthead or whatever. Not a cool place to be, man. Like a great place to be when you're when you're working your tail off and you're kind of overachieving and all of that. But nah. so. So there was a there was a, a really good piece on ESPN on the show, Burn, t- detailing uh, Ben Simmons' side of the the story. Um, obviously, he's going through some mental health issues, and I want to give respect to that. Um, there was some interesting anecdotes, though, where and not Simmons was not quoted into this, but it was heavily on his side. Like people, like Ramon has been great on this uh, on the Philly beat, um, getting people that are in within uh, Simmons's circle. But one of the reasons why they say that Simmons is mad is because Joel Embiid blamed him. Or in his mind, they got, he got blamed along the lines. Joel Embiid blamed him for you know his struggles last year, and he goes, "Well, I didn't blame you for the Toronto series. I didn't blame you for such and such and such as tit for tat." And when I think a whole bunch, I think when you talk about. And it's too far gone for this, but this could have been nipped in the bud a long time ago if all parties just got in the room and just hashed their shit out. I think that this has just gone too far. 
I don't think that Simmons can go back. There's no way he could he could go back to the Sixers at, at all. I, but there's no way. I, I don't I don't see this happening. What is the 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 end point for for this relationship between these two parties? I said that there was no chance that Kyrie Irving was going to be allowed to only play road games. I could not have envisioned a scenario in which the Brooklyn Nets were going to accept that. And see how that's did. going, by the way. And they, they but, no, it's a train wreck. I knew it was going to be a train wreck, but <laughs> no, nonetheless, they did it. So I can't sit here and tell you there's no circumstance under which I could see Ben Simmons returning to Philadelphia. I can't, I can't say that anymore. You could never say never, I guess, is the lesson there. Um, I'm going to say it for you, Rod. It's never going to happen. It would be very, very, very difficult for me to envision Ben Simmons back in Philly. And I did not re- read Ramona's article. Um, so I don't know what type of mental health, uh, issues he's struggling with. Clearly, like, you know, it's a real thing. And, and if, if I hope he's getting what he needs from his time away, um, that's going to be independent of what I'm about to say right now, though. Like if you are the type of dude who is all up in your feelings and been out of shape because you felt like someone blamed you for a loss, then you ain't built for this shit. Point blank, period. So all I can tell you, dog, like you could be a you could be a piece of a team. I don't I wouldn't trust you to be a major, major, major contributor on a championship level team because your skin's got to be thicker than that, Holmes. Like you can't. That's not the way this works. People get sideways all the time. Great players. You know, it comes with the territory, man. You think Kobe and them dudes like Kobe caught blame? Like Shaq caught blame. Stevie caught blame. Tim Duncan at times caught blame. Now, they're all different personalities, and some of them had more of the benefit of the doubt with media than maybe Ben did. But the point is, when you're a great, that that kind of like, or not a great, I shouldn't, I, I shouldn't say that, but when you are a really, really good player, one of the best on your team, where winning and losing kind of hangs in the balance because of you, you have to accept some of that. Now, you know, if it really bothered you, if you are built like that, you pick up the phone. Yo, Joel, what's up? Like you got, hey, you got a minute. We need to catch up, dog. Like, you know, I, here's here's how I felt about that. Yeah, it's relationships, man. Like it all boils down. Like I hate to dumb it down, but it, it's about relationships, man. And what are what are we here for? Maybe we're not besties. Maybe maybe we're not, but we're coworkers, and we both got the same goals. And so to get where we're trying to go, we need each other. So let's get this popping. Like let's figure it out, man. Shit, no, nah, I'm cool, dog. I ain't mean it like that. I'm just saying, like, you know, they asked me a question. I was in the moment. Like, I said some shit, but you know how I feel, dog. It's all love. Like, those are conversations that are really easy to have. Yeah. I say you're not built like that because it seems like from that description of the incident, you went home, you sat, you stewed, you got all up in your feelings, and then the next thing you know, you're telling people you don't want to work there anymore. And I, I just feel like when you see Simmons' side of the story, and I do think it kind of falls flat from what I'm about to say. But when you do read his story, he sees from his vantage point that, you know, Joel Embiid is cool with Daryl Murray and they have hit it off, right? Um, Joel Embiid is cool with um, Doc Rivers. They have hit it off. And there's a big, well, what about me energy going on right now? If, when you read the reports based on w- what's going on, that Joel, and this is something that's always kind of kind of lingered. And I don't know, I can't, I don't know the relationships. I don't know all these things. I don't know. I, I'm not intimately in that locker room. I can't really speak. I can only go on based on what I read. And what I read is it seems like a guy that is feels left out of the proceedings. And 
I don't know if that's fully true or not, because also based on what's reporting, Doc Rivers, you know, this is also in Ramona's piece, reached out to Ben Simmons. Ben Simmons not answering the phone, right? Um, trying to see, maybe walk back his words of what he said. That's And you see all these things, and I don't know. I think everyone just needs a fresh start in all of this. And if Simmons, I don't know how Simmons would feel that way, but I think he needs to get up out of here. And I think he needs to, I hope he gets all the helps that he needs, but it's, it, it seems like this is just not going to last here in Philly because Simmons is just doesn't feel included in the proceedings. Rasha is all I'm saying. Oh my God, man. What you're describing to me is a nightmare. Yeah. All of that. Oh, I don't feel included. Oh, they like him better than they like me. Nobody gives a shit. Nobody cares, bro. Like, own your part of that. Like, relationships aren't one-way streets. You know? Like, you have to own your part in that. No, maybe maybe Joel has a better relationship with Daryl Morey. Maybe he has a better relationship with Dr. Daryl Morey has also been on record saying, hey, I could have done a better job reaching out to Ben Simmons. He said that in, um, in a radio interview a couple fair, weeks ago. Fair, but if you really desire that relationship, Take initiative and work on it. Like if that if that's what you want. And if you don't, then you don't. You want to be out. And I'm okay with that. I don't think he needs to be in Philly anymore either. I'm not lobbying for that. I think Ben Simmons, I've said this before. I'll say it again on this pod. I think he's a really, really, really good damn player. I do. I've also said I worry about someone who seems to have the propensity to be easily shaken mentally when it comes to the pressures of playing a sport. Now, I want to be clear that that's, this isn't, a mental health issue with me. That's not what I'm saying. I'm not throwing any shade at mental health, but part of being able to be a very good, dependable cog in any wheel where pressure is paramount in any industry is your ability to withstand that pressure. And that is mental fortitude. And that is, and that, and that is a big part of the job description. And so I don't think that it precludes you from being able to do that job if you can't withstand those pressures. That's not what I'm saying. But it puts you in another lane as to whether or not we can really, really, really depend on your ability when that pressure escalates. And I think that's fair. I think everybody involved needs a new start, man. We'll, we'll see what happens. Let's take a quick break. I want to go through some other trades. This episode is supported by State Farm. Man. I remember when I first got into a car accident, it was pure frustration because I did not have State Farm. And now that I do have State Farm, it is an exclamation of pure joy. But the only words that you need to remember are, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. State Farm has options to fit your unique insurance needs, meaning you can talk to your agent to choose the coverage you need, have coverage options to protect the things you value most, file a claim right on the State Farm mobile app, and even reach a real person when you need to talk to someone. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Learn more at statefarm.com. This episode is brought to you by Visible Wireless. Want a wireless provider that always brings its A-game? Switch to Visible, the wireless company that makes wireless visible. Get a one-line plan with unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon as low as $25 a month every month, taxes and fees included. And as if that wasn't already a huge win, you could use promo code RINGER20 to receive $20 off your first month. 
just for listening to us talk about basketball. Not bad, right? You don't need more than one line of wireless to save. Just switch to Visible at Visible.com and use promo code RINGER20 for data management practices and additional terms. Visit Visible.com. The Visible monthly rate is $25 per month. We are back. I want to talk about... uh. Mark Stein, OG, just just gave a little tidbit of news. Steiny, uh, Steiny, friend of the pod, yeah. um, talking about CJ McCollum and the Knicks' interest in him in mm-hmm. a trade. Mm-hmm. I just, I, I feel like this is just a very would be a very Knicks move to do right when you guys are just like you know. It also would love to say the Knicks are just like crumbling at the seams. This New York teams are just not popping right now. It's, it's not It's not going well for them. Um, but to add C.J. McCollum into the mix, bad back and all, no defense playing, you know, great guy, but not necessarily like the player he was three, four years ago. For the Knicks to go pursue him would be the Knicksiest thing of all time. What do you think about, about that and what that would do for the Knicks, um, the Knicks' ascent or descent what do you think would that do for their locker room? For the for the locker room, probably he'd be a great dude for the locker room. Definitely, because he's a great dude and he's a he's a really good scorer. Um, unfortunately, you are correct in it being the Knicksiest thing you could do right now for the Knicks. Like they they've essentially hit pause. Like I, while they have taken a step back, I think they were ahead of schedule last year. Right? We talked about teams that were a little ahead of schedule. So you're just kind of paused. If you're the Knicks, right? Like I give you a little bit of a pass, what, despite what their fan base thinks. That's what I'm going to do. I'm going to give you a little bit of a pass. And what I'd say is you recalibrate this offseason, you figure out the pieces, and you tinker around the edges. Do not bring in an aging, smaller guard that doesn't really play defense. Um, he's got an injury history, and he's super expensive. Don't do that. It's not the move. It's You're not there. You're not there to where that's getting you over the hump in any in any way, shape, or form. Um I don't even think he vibes with your the way your coach wants to play. Like, like uh, you know, in terms of philosophy and stuff like that. And again, I think he's a coach's dream. But like Tibbs is tough, hard nosed, defend, and and I don't even think it's a great fit. And so, for all of those reasons, Logan, you are correct. I do not think that is a move that the Knicks should make. Um, I hope that the brain trust that the Knicks have in place. Now, I, I hope that they can see through that. And I hope this is just smoke and mirrors. It's not, the, it's not the time. It's not the team for, for CJ. You know what I'm scared about with the Knicks? I'm scared that they, that last playoff run was such fool's gold that they're just like all in and thinking that we need to do these pieces. And it like talks them into doing. it. They don't need to do really anything major right now. They just need to stay the course. You see exactly. RJ Barrett against, <laughs> against the Lakers the other night. Yep. Oh my goodness. Oh my yeah. goodness, what a player he is or can be, especially. Yeah. He's gone through still some a lot of upside, blows. but still a lot of upside there. Yeah. Dude, he's so good. He had a three to sit out in the overtime. He's really good. Just chill out and relax. Just chill out and relax. It's hard to do that in New York. It's really hard. I know that. Just calm down. I think that yeah. they, they just make gradual pieces. Am I, am I right in that, Ron? You're right. That's what that's essentially what I'm saying, man. Like you what what happens though, when we talked about windows, and this is a constant conversation on this pod, but like when you when you do exceed expectations like they did last year to some degree, it heightens the sense of pressure around you know your organization to to win now. And you're just ahead of you're just ahead of schedule, man. You still got, you know. I'm with you. I'm not going to just repeat everything you said. That's what they need to do. Just chill, take an account of of everybody on the on the on the team who's still an ascending player who's still got room to grow. Who you're going to build around, and then just keep tinkering and adding pieces around the edges in a responsible economic way. Don't go out there and take a swing 
at a piece that's not really going to fit or get you over the hump. It's early, Raja, but I don't think this next thing is going to work out, bro. I don't think it's going to work out. I, it's, it's, you see that you, it's too early for these things to be happening. You see the, uh, the Julius Randall blow up on the sidelines. Um, you see just overall, like there's not a gradual ascent right now, man. They, they've had some good wins. Uh, you know, they had the Celtics win the Evan Fournier game. But by and large, like this team hasn't taken the next step in a time. I could compare them. It's funny that they played against each other in the last in the last um, postseason. The Atlanta Hawks and they they remind me of the Atlanta Hawks in a lot of ways, just in a bigger media market where they you know they got a lot of success maybe too soon, and they were filling themselves a little bit, sticking their chest out, and then it's like, uh, I, I just but when you put the New York element into it, I just don't see it working out. I don't. I don't. I think that they. There's probably a panic. Julius Randle trade coming back or something. I, this is all speculation, but it just seems like this is just a team that's just not going. I think it goes back to your argument of what happens in the building and the culture that you set up. We both know the culture in New York. Mm-hmm. We both know what's going up in the higher ups. We know that you know you had every time the Knicks have done something good, they have self destructed. We talk about Donnie Walsh. You know, when he when he, you know, built a really good team, um, you know, getting around Carmelo Anthony, you know, there was obviously injury, injuries involved, but then dysfunction starts to creep back in. Yeah, I see that here now. I, I don't I'm not I'm I'm not am I am I too harsh when I think about that? Or, or what do you think? I just don't see this working. Well, I can't I mean, I, I can't say that um, I could say where why. I could say that I see why you would be concerned, right? Like there's some concerning things, but I can't say that because if they don't panic and if they don't just start pulling triggers and throwing the proverbial stuff at the wall, I think you could be okay. I'm going to give you a list of names on that team. Like, so Derek Rose, Kemba, Alec Burks, Evan Fournier, and Taj Gibson, right? Like, those are all players on their roster with, with nine plus years of experience. That's that's your culture. That's your culture driving. It's it, it's those are your culture drivers now. So if some of those pieces have to move and they don't fit, my point is you have to start finding or continue to find a good balance of viable, productive, older players to mix with your younger coming into their own age younger stars. Because you have to maintain the the balance. You have to keep those culture-driving good dudes who are pros. And they can't be so thin on the tread that they can't produce. That's the problem, right? Guys like to bring in a bunch of dudes who can't play anymore and expect them to change the culture of your locker room. Like, I used to have those conversations in in Utah when, you know, um, they would ask me to, like, you know, hey man, we need you. And, and I'm like, hey, I, I try my best, but I don't play. You know what I mean? Like I'm a I'm trying, but like those dudes are looking at you like, yo, you ain't you can't do this shit no more. So you have to find the names that I just mentioned, those dudes who are still like that are productive and that can help you drive the culture and then continue to cultivate, continue to find and and um and develop your young talent. I think the Knicks will be okay. So I'm not convinced that they'll screw it up, but they can't start to panic right now. Don't do that. Yeah, I'm just saying, if history is a guy, this just doesn't seem like it's going to work out well. Ah, just, that's I, fair. I don't know. I don't know. That's we'll fair. see what happens. And you know, we reserve the right to change our mind. I, you know, and I and I am the first to apologize when I'm wrong. So, um, let's go to Indiana real quick. Indiana, 
Seems like there's a fire sale going on over there, man. Indiana is like the, it's the cardboard sign on the telephone pole on a Saturday afternoon for the garage sale, dog. Come through. Yep. Come through. We got we got we got uh we got Warren Air Force Ones here. We got um we got shirts that are hand me downs to the hand me downs. We, right. uh, we got we got the, we got scratched PS4 discs. You want to take oh, a flyer too. on them? We got grandpa's old uh old barbecue pit, you know, that just been handed <laughs> down for generations and generations. This is a full yard sale going on right now. But they uh the first thing, the first domino to drop, and there's honestly, it's probably, you know, as we're recording this pod and it's getting edited, some more stuff could be happening. So, um, but Karis Avert is gone. He's going to Cleveland, which interesting move for Cleveland. I don't know. Like, I think uh, I was listening to Simmons' pod. KOC brought up an interesting point talking about how Karis is a great scorer, but not necessarily like, I don't know what else he can do for that team. He can score. I don't know if he can, he can initiate offense. So I don't know if it brings him over the top in the Eastern conference. It's an interesting move. I don't What, what do you think on that one? No, I, I don't, I don't know what move you would have made for Cleveland at the point that they're in, that gets them over the top in the, in the Eastern conference, save for a blockbuster move. This is a move that helps them though. Yeah, definitely. This move helps them because it's an infusion of offense. Um, and when you're bringing something in off the bench, like, you know, there are different roles that guys have to fill different boxes. You have to check. And one of those is an energetic fear, nothing. I can get a bucket on any one type of score who can create his own shot. And he checks all those boxes and, you know, that, that guy may or may not be hot every night, but he can get buckets. And, and in the, in playoff basketball, Logan, we talk about it all the time. Like, that's why. You, people say Golden State didn't need Kevin Durant. Well, no, they they were winning and 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 championships and stuff before, but they didn't have that dude that could just get a bucket. And hear me, I'm not saying Karis Levert is Kevin Durant, but what I'm saying is sometimes in playoff basketball, you need a dude who can you, you need multiple dudes who could just get buckets, and he gets buckets. And so that's you know, hey, if you're not giving up a lot to get it, I think it helps. I think it helps them. I, I I love this Cleveland team, bro. I, and, and shout out to Kobe Allman. Shout out to you know. Shout, shout out, to, out to Kobe. Shout out to Kobe Allman. Allman. Facts. All right. Before we get out of here, Roger, I got a little surprise for, for the real ones out there. Um, I just want to. I'm gonna set this up real quick. I was was um was chilling this weekend and uh, got a text from this guy in one of the group checks that said that um. Liz Cambage is going to the L.A. Sparks, damn it. What? <laughs> She's leaving to go to the L.A. Sparks. I've been manifesting this for years. This dude, L.A. LA legend, always got his ears to the streets. And so I told him to come on and tell me why Liz Cambage is the greatest thing to ever happen to L.A. sports in the last, let's say, year and a half. We have our CMO, Jomi. He has to get up out of here because he has agents. He has other shows to do. He has uh-huh. things that he needs to do. He has uh-huh. to build an empire. So he has currently has a minute and a half to tell me why, tell the real ones why Liz Cambage is the greatest thing to ever happen to L.A. sports and the greatest show in crypto arena right now. What, what you got for me, Jeremy? Man, I, listen, I cannot tell you how excited I am to see Liz Cambage wearing Sparks colors <laughs> this summer. Right. 16 and eight automatic, automatic. Right. Players with the Ngumike sisters. Right. Listen, I've been struggling to see good basketball at Crypto.com. It's been a minute. 
oh, Jeremy, the Clippers play. Nobody's talking about the Clippers. They ain't got no banners. They don't count, right? <laughs> Lakers been trash all year. I'm just happy to see good basketball come back to Los Angeles. Los Angeles, we should call <laughs> in fact. Are you not entertained? Really? I mean, Sparks are going to be contenders. That's what we want. Every, bat, everybody says basketball is better when the Lakers are better. WNBA is better when the Sparks are better. We lost Candace Parker a couple years ago. That stung. You know, we thought she'd be an L.A. lifer. You know, that was tough. And you know how L.A. does. We reload. Liz is here. Let's get it. Let's get it, Chip. It's been a, it's been a minute since 2016. It's been a minute since 2016, but we got to get another banner for the Sparks. Let's go. I'm hyped. Y'all not hype? I'm, I'm so excited. I'm, I'm, I'm hyped. Me, me, Jomi, and Shay Sharon are going to get uh, courtside seats for uh, her return to Vegas. Is all, oh, let's that's, go. That's all that's going to happen. We're, we're going to see what that happens. And, um, you know. Just wanted to uh, let that out there. We also got Kennedy Carter in the building. So just wanted to show that little welcome to Sparks Nation for Liz Cambage. And that has been another edition of Real Ones, Monday Real Ones. Um, make sure you check us out Mondays and Thursdays. In the meantime, make sure you check out Upside High with Jonathan Sharks and Jake Man. Make sure you check out Weekend's Dwas. Make sure you check out The Void. Fall on the Void with KOC. Every Wednesday, make sure you check out group chat. Make sure you check out the answer. Raja's asleep, so I'm gonna wake him up. Make sure you check out R2C2 with who? Raja Bale. Baleo legend. The Crest Eye Clown. CC Sabathia. You're still sleeping, man. Make sure you keep this propaganda going. Make sure you check out Black Girl Song, but with who? Raja Bale. Town legend. The one and only Danielle Smith. We'll see you guys on Thursday. Talk some trades. Holla. This episode is brought to you by 20th Century Studios' Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. As a ruthless king builds his empire at the expense of the remaining human race, a young ape will fight for the future of apes and humans alike. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes, enter the kingdom in IMAX on May 10th and in theaters everywhere. Get tickets now.